0: Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. This week, our South Shore campus pastor, Hector Rivera, preaches a message titled, The Cross. We hope you enjoy this weekend's message. Oh, come on, we can do better than that. Come on, can we welcome our South Shore and our Plant City campuses? Come on, show them some love. We love you guys. Can we continue in that same love and adoration for our leadership, Pastors Greg and Pastor Tamara Dumas? Pastor, we love you. You know, God is so good. You know, we, we, we have a, um, a team that's just phenomenal in bringing a message. You know, and as I was getting everything together, we're in a series called, Is It Finished? I started hearing the sermons, you know, because I do watch, amen, I do attend, I do get fed. We have such an amazing teaching team. You don't have to go very far, amen. You don't have to watch everything online and look at, we have the word right here, you know, Amen. That's cool. I, 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 listen, I brought my amen and my claps with me. Amen. So you can clap with me. You can amen if you want, but I brought mine. So I want to share that with you because in the last two weeks, the word that has been brought lines up to the word that I have today. Now you would think, well, well, pastor, I mean, they're, are pastors in the church. No, no, no. Listen, pastor Stephen talked about sin and drove deep into the word and definitions thereof. And then pastor Greg talked about the serpent and the blood and sin And all that ties to what I'm preaching on today. We never talked. So that tells you how much our leadership, the fathering, the spiritual parenting, right, to sons and daughters, how they entrust this platform to us. Because our spirit bear witness to one another. The Holy Spirit is what births. The messages. So as I'm listening to them and being fed, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, this lines up. God, you are getting ready to do a thing. You know what I'm saying? So that's what you're getting is spirit burst messages. Amen. They're not just, hey, here, take this. Hey, here, you know what my, my instruction was for today? You're preaching on the cross. That was it. So when I say we have spiritual parents, listen, because a good parent knows how to entrust ministry to good sons and daughters, amen? So I'm going to go ahead and pray and just get out of the way really quick because I came to hear God speak and I am still in the way, amen, and I want to get out, okay? Let let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for this word that you have here in front of me, Lord. I am humbled that I get to speak it, Lord. As always, I have prayed, God. I have fasted. I have spent hours upon hours in your word, Lord. I have sought counsel and wisdom from others, Lord. So I ask you now that you would speak through me, that you would use as little or as much as you want, but God, that it would be you through me. Speak to your people, and that includes me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. Come on, say it like you mean it. Amen. 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 My goodness. Good morning. My goodness. So we are leading into Easter. Next week we get right into Easter, but today I want to focus on the cross as we get there. So as I'm focusing on the cross, I want to emphasize the fact that Jesus desired to know us so intimately that he became fully man. Now, why am I saying this? Well, because we talk about Easter and the representation typically is the death, the burial, and the resurrection, right? Now, now it's important, but that's not the entirety of the story that led to the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That was his sacrificial love for you and me. Now, as I was thinking through all of this, I thought to myself, could I endure the cross? I just thought about it. You see, when I read scripture, I like to put my feet in the sand. I, I say this because I like to be there. So could I have endured the cross like Jesus did? I started to think through all this. I mean, he, he, he was beat with the cat of nine tails and he was a shade from death. He was speared on his side, he was spat on, he was punched in the face. He had this crown of thorns that was pressed on his head that then he began to bleed. I mean, these are the things that happened. And I thought to myself, Maybe, I I don't know, maybe I could do that. But then I started to realize how Jesus then, in the midst of all that, endured the sins of the world. And I thought to myself, now, I don't know if I can do that. But if, let's just say for a moment, I could do all that, I wouldn't have delayed the crucifixion. As soon as I found out and as soon as I committed, I said, let's get to it because I might change my mind. But not Jesus. He delayed Crucifixion. And I thought to myself, who would do something like this? You know why he did this? Because he wanted to crucify sin and not relationship. I'm going to talk about it. You see, Jesus wanted to know us so intimately. That he wanted relationship to continue so he didn't just run up to the cross. He delayed it because he wanted to get to know us. He wanted to get to know the sins of the world so much so that he could endure them and then talk to you and me like he knew it because he did know them. Relationship. I'm talking about the cross. Let me explain. So there was a triumphal entry. Jesus rode in on a donkey. Why not a, 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 a white stallion of a horse or one of those Clydesdales that you see on the Budweiser commercials? You know what I mean? Because he wanted to represent humility. He said, I, I, I want to exemplify humility because it's going to take a humble generation to submit to my authority. I want them to know me. There was a point in this. And then he continues, there was a betrayal by one of his brothers, his disciples, Judas. He wanted to understand betrayal because he knew that we were going to have broken relationships. So he said, you know what? I want to understand what it is to be betrayed by someone that I love and I've been walking with because you're going to endure it too. I'm not going to sacrifice relationship. I'm going to sacrifice sin on the cross. So he kept going. You see, I would have already been running to the cross. But then he created a moment of fellowship, the Last Supper, and I thought to myself, how in the world are you going to spend your last moments eating, brother? Because he realized that fellowship was important. Even to the last moments, he knew that if I can just get one more meal with my brothers and sisters, maybe I can impart some wisdom so that they can carry the cross well, because they're going to have to carry it too. Relationship. Then he went to the garden of Gethsemane and, and the serpent, the devil himself, started to tempt him. He said, man, if, if, if Adam and Eve were tempted, I want to endure temptation too. Tempt me, because I want to know what my sons and daughters are gonna deal with in temptation. I want to crucify sin and not relationship. So I want to understand. And then he, he comes to Pontius Pilate, right? That's, that's Spanish for Pontius Pilate. He goes to Pontius Pilate and he receives a beating because he wanted to endure so he would know the pain that we would have to go through. So he endured even the cross. And when I think about all this, now I understand Easter better, the death, the burial, and the resurrection because sin that day was crucified but not relationship. So I want to talk about carrying this cross and what sacrifice it carries. But in order for us to understand how we can carry this cross, we have to first embrace the redemption of the blood, church. But before we can accept the, and embrace the redemption of the blood, we have to understand that we live in a fallen world. So not only do we need to understand sin, but turn from it. I know this is all common sense, amen? I'm preaching to myself, because I get excited. So I'm gonna give it to you in four points. I'm gonna make it simple. Come, deny, take up, and follow. Come, deny, take up, and follow. Here's the big idea, church, are we willing to carry our cross? Are we willing to carry our cross? Let me give you a little scripture, amen, so I can back it up and you don't just say I I said something that doesn't line up to the word of truth. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 27, I'm going to read fast, amen. Turn with your Bibles, amen. Grab the you version, not your own version, but grab the Bible, grab something to read, amen. Matthew 16, verse 24 through 27. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Church, lose your life. 26, for what, God, for what good will it do a person if he gains the whole world but forfeits his own soul, releases, surrenders his own soul? Or what will a person give in exchange for his soul? We are exchanging a lot of worldly things, Amen. Okay, verse 27, for the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then repay every person according to his deeds. Let me start off with a word of caution and a bit of a warning. Church, if you decide to carry your cross, discipleship is costly. If you decide to carry your cross, discipleship is costly, but its dividends are like no other. You will have trials of many kinds, but the breakthroughs you'll experience will change and shift generations to come. If you decide to carry your cross, because there is much sacrifice, but there is a resurrection day. The meat that I want to pull out of is out of verse 24. He starts off with, if anyone wishes to come after me, there has to be a pursuit. We have to go after him, church. If he says, if anyone wishes to come after me, if anyone means then it is for everyone. Anyone means everyone. You see, when COVID hit us, listen, it did something, church. It did something. Now, listen, I'm not making light of it because we lost many lives. God knows I celebrated a lot of lives. But you know what the enemy did? He took advantage of that moment and brought interruption by way of fear. You see, the enemy is never going to let a crisis go to waste. Why should we? He'll never let a crisis go to waste. You see, in this time, instead of us capitalizing in that time, we could have been pressing in and gaining ground. We step back and let fear creep in. I'm going to keep talking about it. You see, in our prayer time and intercession, Jesus says these very words. He says, come. If anyone wishes to come after me. In our prayer time and intercession, we step back so much so, but we complain so much more. You see, when we want to see change in this world, we have to start pressing in. We can't keep talking about it. We got to do something about it. You see, so when we begin to pray and intercede for our children, because they're trying to pump all kinds of different ideologies at school, we got to stop talking about it and start praying about it. We have to not pull back, but press in. He's saying, come in your time of prayer and intercession. Will you come? In our reading, spending time in the word of God, he's saying, come I'm not talking about, listen, we got to get beyond reading the daily verse and being good with that. That don't feed you enough. Reading your Bible plan, that don't read you enough. What I'm saying is, is what if we dove deep into the word and we started studying to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightfully dividing the word of truth. What if we started dipping, diving deep into the word of God and God began to give us revelation within the scripture, hidden manner. I believe that God is in a season that he wants to release answers to worldly problems and they're within you and I, but will we search him out that much to receive? that revelation he's saying come in your bible time and study time come come church come you see this timeline this interruption that the enemy causes he brings it in different ways you might say well pastor COVID's old we're we're, we're getting over it okay and you might say well there's other things out there okay the, the, the school education they're they're trying to push things on our kids no that's not it you know we have all these different issues and sexual preference. No, that's not it. Ukraine, no, that's not it. You know how social media has caught our attention now, and everybody's in on it. By two men slapping each other, one dude smacks the other, and everybody wants to know. Oh, listen. I'm gonna talk about it, man. I'm gonna tell. Listen, everybody knows the story. Stop playing. <laughs> Look all straight smile your face a crack my old pastor used to say come on we know it we know what's going on we know that story but do we know enough about his story right do we know enough about the gospel of Jesus Christ that if someone came that was lost like I used to be like you used to be that we can share the gospel and set them free from the bondage and the sin of this world just like you and me caught up in a moment through social media man, the enemy listen he's not dumb he's cunning don't be fooled the same come that jesus talks about i love it because he says in a few chapters just above it when he is speaking to the disciples and saying come after me he is referencing what just happened a few chapters before when peter steps out of the boat when he says come this is when when the disciples went out into the water and they thought they saw a ghost and, 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 and Jesus says, and I'll read it to you in Matthew 14, 27. He says, take courage for it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat. So they understood when he was speaking to them that he was just talking about the coming and stepping out into the unknowns, stepping out into the deep waters of the unknowns. I believe God is saying, come. You see, let me, let me just address the people online for just a moment. Listen, you've heard enough rebukes about returning, coming back. Listen, if you're coming sporadic, and let me just be honest with you, just for a moment. Stay with me just for a moment. There's no rebuke. You see, what's important is that you return to church. It's not because we want to count you. It's not because of the finance. We'll be good stewards with all those things because we're called to do that, but we're trying to be good shepherds. Here's the deal. With you not being here, here's what happens. What you are carrying can be released because I might need what you're carrying. My level of faith may be low and your level of faith may be high and I need to be set free. So when we ask for you to return, it's because you might also need what I'm carrying and I'm about to release it, and you might just miss out on carrying what you need your breakthrough from. You see, the Sermon on the Mount wasn't Jesus, and where there's two or three. No, no, there was more than two or three gathered together. Amen. In the Sermon on the Mount, there was many. Jesus spoke, and many took the gospel far and wide. When Peter opened his mouth, three thousand were added to the church. Listen, when we gather together, we begin to shift atmospheres and press in. The enemy can't stop. Come, come. That's what he's saying. He's saying, come. You know what the Bible says? Listen, you know, don't ever take my word for it. Study to show yourself approved. You know what the Bible says? I, Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I thought, I thought the Lord inspired the scripture, like just for the sermon. I was like, did you just slide that in on me last minute? You know, if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. This wrecked me. Church, are we willing to carry our cross or are we willing to not be his disciples? He continues to say in those scriptures, he says in verse 24, that he must deny himself and take up his cross. Listen, church, it's a two-step. Jesus didn't say deny yourself alone without an explanation. He's saying deny yourself to the worldly desires, to your flesh, things that are besetting you so that then they will not beset your family and generations to come. And as you are doing this, take up your cross. Listen to me, the cross has a beautiful design. It has one purpose and one purpose alone, to crucify. That's it. Its purpose is intended so that we would crucify ourselves daily. That is the only purpose of us carrying the cross, to crucify ourselves daily, our flesh, so that sin Won't enter in. Jesus didn't beat around the bush when he talked about denying himself and taking up the cross. If you go up a few scriptures right above that in verse 21 through 23, in the same chapter, starting in verse 21, he says, From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and the scribes. And he also said that he would be killed and raised up on the third day. Can you imagine this moment? Jesus is foretelling his death, telling the disciples, I'm about to have all this trial and I'm also going to get killed. And then we lead into verse 24 and he says, oh, and by the way, deny yourself and pick up your cross. Can you imagine the disciples thought, he says, they must have been thinking, hold on a second, do you, are you saying do what you just said you're about to go through? Because that... <laughs> I don't want that cross. You see, many people would say that, well, the cross isn't for everybody. And you know what? I would agree. Most people would say that. You see, the cross is for everybody, but not everybody is willing to live a crucified life. You see, I I love Peter. He gets a lot of heat, but I believe he was thinking the same thing too. Listen to what he says in the following verses. He says, so Peter took Jesus off to the side of him. He began to rebuke Jesus. He said, God forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Listen to me, church. All jokes aside, stop rebuking Jesus. He said, well, what do you mean? Rebellion. You see, rebuke leads to rebellion. I'll, 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 I'll prove it to you in a second. He said, but he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. We know this scripture very well because we use it a lot. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You know, I can appreciate a good rebuke. I can appreciate a good correction moment. The Bible says that open rebuke is better than secret love. Can I I ask you a question? I'm, I'm asking you the same question Jesus asked me, amen. Can you accept a good rebuke? Can we accept correction in the days we're living in? Can we? Are we too old to dis, to receive a little discipline, church? What if Jesus was trying to give Peter correction so that he can protect him? You ever thought about that? Because sometimes when correction is given or a rebuke, we pick up an offense. But what if Jesus was trying to give correction so that he can protect Peter? What if he was saying, Peter, get behind me? In other words, because behind me, son, is where you belong. It's not time for you to lead yet. I'm going to release you here in two minutes, and you're about to turn this world upside down. I'm going to build my church on this rock. He said, but get behind me, son. Because behind me, son, I get to lead you, and you can watch me. Behind me, son, I can protect you. What if Jesus was trying to protect Peter. What if Jesus is trying to protect us by giving us some correction? You know, I find in years of my life in doing ministry that most of us like to lead Jesus instead of letting Jesus lead us. Jesus then continues and says, Peter, you're a stumbling block to me. You see, he was saying, Peter, you're you're, you're discouraging me. That's what he was saying. He said, You're you're discouraging me from accomplishing and what I need to overcome. Can you imagine if Jesus would have said, You know, Peter, you're, you're a good friend. You're right. I think I'll skip the cross. Can you imagine if Jesus would have skipped the cross? Oh, this moment wouldn't be happening, y'all. I used to swim in sin, like nobody's business. Loss. Can you imagine if you'd have said, Peter, you know what, let's skip the cross. Church, how many times does the messenger of Satan come to discourage us so that we would deny the cross and not ourselves? How many times does he use friends, family, moments? Are we willing to carry our cross? Not your cross. I'm trying to carry mine too. He ends with, and I love how he ends verse 23. He says, for you're not setting your mind on God's interest, but on men's. You see, the scripture's clear. He just got to the root of the problem. Church, we need to get to the root of the problem. That's the root of the problem. We're not setting our mind on God's interests, but on man's. You see, we're living in a time when sin is prevalent. In other words, there is a widespread of sin, particularly in the timeline that we are currently living in. Because our interests have not become equal, but greater than God's interests. If it feels good, my goodness, I'm going to do it. It must be Jesus. That was from you, Lord. We don't want to be told what to do. You see, there is a supreme authority. There is a God of order. God has instituted an authority structure that will support healthy relationships and maintain harmony. It's when we surrender that we find his protection and then we get to dwell in the secret place of the most high. Let me prove it to you with scripture, amen, because I might just be making stuff up. Numbers 21, let's go old school. I like, I like the, old, the Old Testament, amen? Numbers 21, verse six. I'm just gonna take you through a few. I won't bore you. Numbers 21, verse six, he says, so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many of the people of Israel began to die. So the people came to Moses and said, The people came to Moses and said, we have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and you. Intercede with the Lord that he may remove these serpents from us. And Moses began to intercede for the people. You see, church, sin is so prevalent in the world because we've done the very thing that they did in the desert. You see, we have sinned against God, our creator, and we've sinned against Moses, the representation of leadership. Because if anybody tries to tell us what to do, then it's a problem. So the world is prevalent in sin because they don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to be corrected. We don't want to be corrected. So when God says this in our scriptures, we say, omit this, I'll take this. When leadership, and I'm not talking about leadership in the church, I'm talking about moms, dads, your boss, amen, anybody in leadership, if we don't like it, then we turn from it. That's why sin is prevalent. We got to get to the root of the problem. I believe they did. They said, Moses, we sinned. Repentance, right? They said what they send on, repentance. Moses then did what? Made intercession. And guess what? They were set free. Verses eight and nine, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent. Let me give you the answer to your problem. Let me give you the solution. Because a man decided to go into God's place to to pray, and God gave him a solution to a worldly problem. The people were dying. So Moses took a fiery serpent and set it on a standard, and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when he looks upon it, he will live. And Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on the standard. He just put it on a stick. And it came about that if a serpent bit any man, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he would live. As I was reading this, I had this revelation. God, Moses interceded for the people of God. God gave Moses a solution. He said, beat this metal into form, into a snake, into a serpent, so that if anyone would get bitten, they would look upon it and they would be healed. Do you know that Jesus was sent here, the only begotten son, to be beaten into form, a perfect sacrifice, to endure the sins of the world? And then if we would look upon him, we would have everlasting life? God grabbed the very thing and he said, you know what? It healed the people, but you know our God is so good that He sent His son to be beaten into that form, so we not only get set free, but healed. The precious blood of the lamb. He says, "If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross." This is the ending here in verse 24. You see, we have a, a misconception of what carrying the cross and following me looks like. We've heard the term, I don't, I'm sure I have, I'm sure you have, we all have the term of, well, this is my burden to carry. This is my cross to carry. My, my, my burden. It's like every time we fall short of the glory of God, we, we, we tend to pick up that cross. Listen, if we're carrying the burden of sin, then tell me, what, what did Jesus do on the cross? What what cross are we carrying? You see, the enemy has capitalized on this trickery. He tricks us and deceives us into thinking that we are supposed to carry that cross when we fall short. So he keeps taking us back to court and trying us over and over and over. Amen? But you know what? Jesus said, not guilty. It's done. Why are we still carrying the cross that Jesus endured? That's not our cross. And you might say, well, pastor, you know, I, I hear you. I, I get it. I can understand English. You're saying come and deny and pick up and follow me. But how do I do it? I have a perfect illustration of how to pick up your cross. Take a look at this video. <laughs> Hita, do end. Alka. Maber, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to be able to do Jamos. Vodakuru, Yenazuku, Vojn Satlava, Yenashmitrsha. Tibutna. Auheole. was birthed out of Mark 15 verse 21. It said, they pressed into service a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus to bear his cross. What a perfect example, church. Jesus put down his cross so that he can fulfill scripture. Listen to this. Listen for just a moment. The Bible says that two are better than one. Simon of Cyrene was pressed. He was pushed to, he was made to carry that cross. He came, he denied, he followed. And you might say, well, pastor, he picked up Jesus's cross. No, 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 no. He didn't pick up Jesus's cross. He picked up a cross that Jesus was carrying, but Jesus carried the burden of sin. That was his cross. What he was doing was telling Simon, pick up your cross. Let me give you an example of what this looked like. Looks like because I have got to fulfill the scripture. So pick up your cross, Simon picked it up. He came, he took up, he denied and followed a perfect example. You know, I thought about something as I was reading the scriptures and it messed with me. How is it that Simon of Cyrene was the one that helped Jesus carry the cross? Was it because Simon Peter was nowhere to be found? See, I don't want another Hector to pick up my cross when I'm supposed to carry it. I don't want someone else to take my place on the cross that I'm called to carry. I thought about how the verse speaks of the two sons. You see, when when we read scripture, ask God, show me revelation. Revelation. I was reading, and it said, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, respectfully, so what? Why does it matter that you would put here two sons? He was a dad. Cool. Let's keep it going. What if the blood that was on that cross dripped on Simon of Cyrene that then that same precious blood dripped down upon his son's? Can you imagine that if you begin to carry your cross and your burden, that the generations to come will be blessed because of your sacrifice? I'm just crazy. I kept digging and I found references in Acts 19 about an Alexander that was a Jew. And then I found references in Romans 16 about a man named Rufus. And I thought to myself, could this be the son's of Simon, of Cyrene? What if we carried our cross and started denying our flesh? What if we started to realize that the precious blood of Christ is so pure that when we we go before the Father, he doesn't see the sin, but he sees the Son? What if we started to understand that Jesus Christ paid the price for all sin, to understand it, to capture it. He, he didn't, he did not sin, he was a perfect sacrifice, but he became all sin. What if he started, what if we started to grab our sin? What if we realized how sin of all sorts took place. Let's say this piece of charcoal is the sin. You can't tell me that Jesus Christ doesn't understand homosexuality, amen? Because he embodied the sin. You see, Jesus was not adulterous, but he became adultery. He was not a liar, but he became a lie. He did not commit murder, but he conquered death and resurrected. You see, but what if we started to grab our sin and placing it Right before him. What if we we started to grab? Well, Pastor, you don't know. I've been divorced twice. I gotta carry that when I messed up. I cheated, right? No, 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 no. He said, no, 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 no. Listen, I I paid the price for that one too. Yeah. Right, right. Well, no, well, you don't understand, Pastor. This is big. This is big. This is my generational curse. You see, I drink myself to sleep. So this is my sin. This is my mama did it. My mama's mama's did it. My pa- I'm gonna carry this sin, so, but what if we, what if we said, well, pastor, you don't understand, I just can't control myself. When I get around an internet, I get around TV, I get around women, I get around, I covered it in the cross. And what if then we would see his precious blood covering all manner of sin? Tell me where is your sin now? Tell me where our cross. Tell me where we started to pick up his cross instead of our cross. You see, he had to cover everything or the cross wouldn't mean anything. You know, just the other day, I was, uh, I was sermon prepping. I go to this 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 buddy of mine. He's 91 years old. His name is Ned. And uh, I go to his house to sermon prep. He's just out there by the water. He has a little piece of heaven. And then I go to his house, and he always just lets me run his house like I live there, you know? And I ran out of coffee, and I go inside, and... I go inside and I, I tell Ned, hey, Ned, I'm out of coffee. You have some coffee. And, you know, Ned, he's 91. He likes to, you know, being a good father. He, he starts teaching me. He starts teaching me how to make coffee. Like, I don't know how to make coffee, you know? And he's like, are you going to grab the Folgers? It's on the top shelf. You're going to grab three scoops and you're going to put it in here. I'm like, all right, Ned, what do I do next, you know? And he says, you're going to pour this many. You got to put eight cups of water because I'm nice and strong. And I'm like, all right, Ned, put the water here. Okay, I put the water here. And then all of a sudden... Ned has a moment. And I look at Ned and I said, Ned, you all right? And he looks up at me and he forgets who I am. Man, it wrecked me. And in that moment, I heard the Lord say, this is what I mean by depart from me. I never knew you. He forgot my name. I asked him three times. He didn't know who I was and it wrecked me. But I understood why, because in those scriptures, I always thought, well, how is it, God, that you don't know who we are? Like that would be you lying and you can't lie. So how could you not know who depart from me? I never knew you. How is that possible? Because they weren't covered in the blood. You see, what, what God would then see is the sin and not the son. And I realized that many will fall short and not repent, get it right, and cover it in the blood. So I want to I wanna just end there. If you don't know Christ as Savior, that moment's gonna come and he's gonna say, either I never knew you or depart from me, right? Like, or he's gonna say, enter in into the joy of the Lord. I, I don't know. And if I'm there, man, I'm gonna beat a drum for you, I promise, but that's not gonna be good enough either. So listen, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, here, South Shore, Plant City, just hear my voice. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, Will you just repeat these words after me? Lord, Lord, I want that precious blood. I want it to cover my multitude of sin. I know that you sent your only son to be beaten into form so that he can carry it. Come into my life. Renew me. I surrender. Make me whole. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed that message from our campus pastor, Hector Rivera. Don't forget you can watch all of our messages on demand and our live broadcasts at youtube.com slash crossing church. We hope to worship with you this weekend for all times and locations. Visit our website at wearecrossing.com.